Remember, kids, those games at the beginning of the year count just as much as the games at the end of the year. If the Milwaukee Brewers had picked up a couple of more wins along the way, well, they would have had the Phillies spot. And who knows? You saw how far the Phillies got. We're going to be talking about the Brewers, past, present, and future, with the new host of Locked On Brewers, Brandon Snide. This is a Locked On MLB, Locked On Brewers crossover. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Jay, I got a lower third right there. You can call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last decade and spent the last four seasons here at the Locked On Podcast Network. You can follow this show at Locked On MLB Pods. On Twitter and on Instagram, if you want to follow me personally, go to Instagram, where I'm at Sully Baseball Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. And if you've got a smart device, be sure to tell it to play podcast Locked On MLB. Or check out some of the other great shows on the Locked On Podcast Network, including, let's just pick one at random, Locked On Brewers. With That's a brand right. spanking new, he has that fresh out of the box host <laughs> smell. Brandon Snide, welcome aboard. This is your first time on Locked On MLB. It is, Sully. It's uh, it's awesome to be here. I appreciate you. I appreciate the time. I appreciate the the effort and the energy you put into talking about baseball. And when it's a winter storm pending in Milwaukee, it's great to talk about summer sport here in baseball. So it's good to be here. I'm glad to be with the Locked On Network. It's been tremendous. Well, look, as this show is being dropped on the week of Christmas, I'm not exactly sure which day. I'm going to pull back the curtain and sometimes record some of these ahead of time. This is when a baseball podcast is most necessary, in my humble opinion. Now, I'm here in Los Angeles County. I'm in the luxurious Lockdown MLB studios in Pasadena, California, overlooking the historic Rose Bowl. But I've been there living in the Northeast and everything when it gets really cold. It's kind of dark. It, you know, it's dark earlier. There's, it's that awful level of snow when it's no longer Charlie Brown romantic and it's just nasty, you know, Fargo feet crunching in the snow, <laughs> nastiness. And you're just sitting there and you're thinking about baseball, you're just thinking about baseball. And that's when you need a baseball podcast in the middle it of is, July. And- if you need a baseball fix in July, you turn on a game. And it helps when your team has made four trades now this offseason. Yeah. Yeah, so it helps, and there's a lot to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to break down. A lot of what ifs, of course, free agency is going on. So yeah, it's uh, it's there's there's a lot going on here in Milwaukee, and you know, with Christmas coming around the corner and a snowstorm, we're we're getting through it, and it's nothing out of the norm here. Uh, So this is we're used to this by now. Yeah, let me just ask you a question here, and and I I promise I'm not going to harp on this too much, but. It is kind of mind-boggling. This was a team that was in first place by themselves at the trade deadline. And they wound up missing a year where there are three damn wildcard spots. And, of course, they finished one game behind Philadelphia, who, I don't know if you read the paper, 
but they wound up going. They they were within two wins of winning it all. Mm-hmm. And you know, you take a look at this team, and and they they've made the playoffs. Whether it was you know as a wild card team, as a division winner in the truncated uh, um, uh, COVID season, whatever for the last bunch of years, <clears throat> they missed this year. Um, is there a sense of frustration about how this team unfolded? And are you, uh, are you, how, how does, give me the pulse of Brewers fans, especially when watching the team that took their spot, got all the way to the World Series? That's a great question. I think you can talk about the word frustration and highlight that over and over again for, throughout this fan base because it doesn't just stretch slowly until last year, it stretches to 2021 as well. You win a record, uh, tying the record high in wins and 95 wins. I believe it was 90. I think they tied the record 95 wins in 2021. And then you get to the playoffs against the Atlanta Braves who, oh, I don't know, went on to win the World Series that year. Uh, and you just couldn't produce any runs. You couldn't get any hits going. Offense was just dead in the water. And then you're like, okay, well, we'll get to 2022. Pretty much the same team. You know, you got your core pitching. You got your bullpen, your back end and Josh Hader and Devin Williams. You're good there. You got Colton Juan coming back. Rowdy Telez is here. Willie Adamas is here. Will Christian Yelich break out of his slump? Well, you get your answers within the first couple of weeks of the season. The offense is just really still stuck in water. And the pitching is there, though. You know, throughout the course of the season, your pitching was there, and you were reliable on it. And you go into the All-Star break, and you're in first place, and you're feeling pretty good. And then, Sully, you go out of the All-Star break, and bam, 7-1. and one. You're a Bruce fan. You're like, okay. If we could just get into late August, we can push into September and we can, you know, the rosters expand a little bit. Maybe we'll get a little bit of some juice, some energy into this team, maybe some offensive input, output somewhere. And it just never happened. And then August 2nd comes around and you trade Josh Hader, which is still mind boggling. It, 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 it's, it is always hindsight 2020 because you get William Contreras from a piece that you acquired out of that Josh Hader trade. So we'll see. On that, yeah. I've told uh, listeners of my show, we'll we'll wait on that. It's it looks bad still, but we'll yeah. see what happens. But the frustration with this fan base is it's growing uh, day by day, and and then we want a championship. They want a championship. The fans, we want a championship. I'm I say we because I'm a fan. If you can, that's fine. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Uh, we'll get into your fandom in a second. You look at this stretch. I mean, this. I'm gonna have to go back a little bit. Okay, they they. Won the division in 2018 on the last day of the season. Yep. And it took the Dodgers to eliminate them in game seven of the NLCS. They win the wild card. They go to the wild card game and they wound up losing in a dramatic fashion to Washington. They're in that weird wild card series with Los Angeles in 2020, the, the COVID year. Um, in 2021, a team that I actually picked to win the pennant going into the playoffs because I thought the Dodgers and the Giants were going to beat each other up and whoever played them was going to take advantage of them. That, that turned out to be exactly what happened. It just happened to be the Braves. So the Braves, and then last year, they lost that one spot to Philadelphia. So I guess what I'm saying is the World Series goes through Milwaukee. You know, Apparently. like every one of those teams won yeah. the pennant or the World Series, and they lost out that final playoff spot to Philadelphia, who wound up going there. Is there any consolation that it takes the uh, eventual National League champion to knock you out? You know, it. I tell people, and I tell myself, if for if you're a Milwaukee Brewer fan, you know, as hard as and frustrating as this is, this is 
if you look over the course of the franchise, and I know 1982 happened, but outside of that, slowly, this is the I call it the golden age of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. Oh, absolutely is. Four out of the last five years, you've been to the playoffs. You've won the National League Central. You're two plays away from going to the World Series in 2018. And, of course, who knows what happens. I think they would have beat Boston, but a Boston fan will tell me otherwise. And you just, you're a couple plays away. And that was where you felt as a fan in 2018, Mark Atanasio, the principal owner of the Milwaukee Brewers, you felt like that was his him going all in. You go out and get Yasmani Grandal in the offseason. You go out in midseason and trade for a Mike Moustakis. Ryan Braun is at the, he's on the back nine of his career, but he's tearing it up. And then Christian Yelch is an MVP that year. And you felt like that was it. And that was the moment. Um, but yeah, it's, it, you ever seen the movie Good Luck, Chuck? Yeah. Okay, that's that's the Brewers. You know, you gotta you gotta you gotta play the Brewers, and if you play the Brewers, you're good to go. Uh, as far as you want in the playoffs, I suppose it's 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 frustrating. Uh, you know, we obviously demand more, but as a as a fan, we're told because we're a small market, things just don't always happen that way. But we're trying to push back on that notion a little bit as soon as, especially since I've taken over. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I think the small market thing is starting to become less and less of a factor. We consider that every owner is a gazillionaire. <laughs> and the San Diego Padres have suddenly become a big market team. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, uh, a traditionally, but let's call them a traditional smaller market team. Um, a team like that has a smaller window of opportunity. I think the greatest example of a team to take advantage of their window of opportunity would probably be Kansas City. Right. Had a very small window of opportunity, but wound up winning back-to-back pennants and winning a championship uh, for their troubles. And their fans have that to cling to like, you know, if they rebuild or go through a tough time, they'll have that 2015 team that people won't shut up for, for a couple of decades. And that will, that will go a long way. Kind of like how tiger fans still can't shut about 1984, but <laughs> you know, this Brewers team I, I, last year was the year I really fed. And I, and looking back, I completely believe if they had won game two at, against Atlanta, they would have, beaten them and i think they would have beaten los angeles who was just absolutely a mash unit by the time they got to the nlcs and you would have had the most confusing world series for (laughs) a time traveler to see the astros as the american league champions and the brewers as the national league champions because when i was growing up the astros were the quintessential national league team uh, the, the Astros were quintessential National League team, and the Brewers, I, I'm even losing myself here. But <laughs> I just thought last year with their pitching staff, I thought they were going to pound Atlanta, and then, you know, I thought they were going to win it. Yeah, and, it, I, you know, it just – it's been it, – the last two years have just been a really weird transition for Milwaukee Brewers fans. So, as you know, when we were in, in 2018 – you know, going to back to that series where they lost to the Dodgers one game away from the World Series, it was all offense, right? They were their young core. I mean, Corbin Burns yeah. for he was coming out of the bullpen. You know, they didn't have uh, Devin Williams then. So the core. So this, if the last two years have kind of been a, a little bit of a uh, transition for Brewers, our offense has been terrible. It's been super slow. It's super streaky, inconsistent. But the pitching has been solid, and you're getting six, seven, eight innings out of your starters: Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta. You got young studs coming up through the uh, farm system that are up in the major leagues. Aaron Ashby and Ethan Small. You're back into the bullpen is about as well at that point was about as locked as it can get. Devin Williams, Josh Hader, but your offense just couldn't generate anything, and that's the problem. When you get into October and you get in 
to those uh, matches where you're, you know, things get a little bit tight. You got to be able to have timely hits, timely runs, have an offense with a little bit of juice to it. In the last two years, and the biggest reason why, and I hate to be this guy that, it, it, you know, has shoots the layup here, wide open layup, but Christian Yellow just hasn't been that guy. When you're paying him what you're paying him, you have got to get more out of him offensively because that's who you built this team around the last few years. And he's supposed to be the he's your he's your your franchise player. Well, yeah. look, we're gonna get into a little bit of the off season as we move towards the twenty twenty three and optimisms there. But first, did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, including the states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could lead you to a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell. Your coworkers can tell. Even your parents can tell. Everyone can tell. So what makes you think a law enforcement officer doesn't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive, you're not when you're high. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember. Drive high and get a DUI. This has been paid for by NHTSA. Okay, we're here with Brandon Snide of the of the brand spanking new host of Locked On Brewers. So, um, give the Brewers credit; they're not resting on their laurels. They're they're being aggressive. Contreras has come over. Let's break down some of the moves that have happened to the team. They have lost some players. They have made some moves. Adamas is kind of sitting there. Is he a trade ship or what's going on? Tell us a little bit about your thoughts about some of the moves they made and the fact that they were the third wheel in the the Sean Murphy to Atlanta deal, but they wound up walking away pretty good along the pretty well along the way. I had to correct my grammar because my mother's listening. Um, <laughs> talk to us a little bit about your thoughts about Milwaukee's off season. Uh, yeah, so it was you know the theme of the podcast since I've taken over and I. I tell my listeners that there's more questions than answers because going into this, we weren't sure about the catcher position. Victor Carantini was after you uh, let him Omar Narvaez go was your only your starting catcher on the uh, on the 40 man roster. And that wasn't going to probably fly going into this season. You weren't sure about your bullpen. Your back end of the bullpen still has question marks. Third base is still a question mark. But then for an offense, we talked about it in the first segment there, Sully, that struggled and you trade away your first hitter, your best hitter a year ago and Hunter Renfro. And you're like, okay, well, he was due one, you know, one year, eleven and a half million dollars out of arbitration. I, I guess you get a few bullpen arms out of, out of Los, out of the Los Angeles Angels. They trade, oh, they got him. That's right. They traded to the Angels for a yep. second. I thought they traded him to the Rangers because whenever I can't remember, whenever I can't remember who a player signed with or who they were traded to, it's always the Rangers. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why. All right, sorry. I didn't mean to stop. No, you're 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 absolutely fine. And then you go to your second best hitter, your gold glove second baseman, who's been a staple in the middle of your infield in Colton Juan, and he gets traded for a guy that has question marks around him. Jesse Winker had a, a couple guys that I talked to who covered them a couple, within the last few years, and, 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 and they speak very highly of Jesse Winker. That Abraham Toro was also included, that another utility infielder for the Milwaukee Brewers. So you got Jesse Winker, who in 2021 was an all-star, had some good numbers. His splits at American Family Field are absolutely insane. Like, if he could have a little bit of what he did in his small time here in Milwaukee when he was playing with Cincinnati and he was here, uh, what, six, seven times a year, I think we'll, Brewers fans will take that. And then 
you know, I was actually recording a podcast and we're, we're sitting there talking. I was talking to a former brewer pitcher and you know, we broke the news on the podcast. I mean, Ken Rosenthal uh, tweets were going off like crazy. And I'm like, you know, I, I, we have no idea what's happening. All of a sudden you see William Contreras included in a three team deal, William Contreras going to Milwaukee. And you're like, okay, as a brewer fan, you're like, right now our farm system is probably the best it's been in the last, I don't know, maybe 10 ish years, last decade or so. Right. So you're like, you're holding your breath as a Bruce fan because they, you didn't know what you gave up for William Contreras. And as great as William Contreras is, you just, you knew that if he had to be included in a deal, a 24 year old all-star catcher with five years of control, it was probably going to come at a high price. Right. So you're looking and you're right. waiting and you're waiting. And all of a sudden, like 30 minutes later, they finally release it. It's uh, Ruiz going to, it didn't even go to Atlanta. He went to Oakland. And right. you look back and you sit back in your chair. And as a Bruce fan, we were, sorry, we're sitting there. We're like, okay, there's, there's gotta be more. Like Adamus has to be going to Atlanta. Like there's no way the Brewers just got one of the best hitting DH catchers out of the, in the National League for a, at that point was their 10th ranked prospect in their farm system. Like there's no way. We, like no way. Turns out it was. Right. And you you solidified one of your biggest, I think it's the biggest need. I think the catcher position was the biggest need. Willie Adamus is the tricky one, okay? Because you look at the guys around him and I think it's over between Swanson Bogarts, Turner, there's like one or two more that got signed this year. They all for a combined billion dollars this season, right. this offseason. It was me. From, I was I was the other one. <laughs> from their respective teams. A, a billion dollars. So it's like, okay, you look at Swanson's contract, it's probably the most realistic contract for Willie Adamas. I don't know about the no trade clause that was included in uh, in Swanson's, but yeah, I think you're looking at somewhere between 20 to $25 million for Willie Adamas. And like I've told my listeners, you have the core pieces for a championship in Milwaukee. It may sound crazy. You may have other people tell you otherwise. You're going to hear about the New York Mets. You're going to hear about the LA Dodgers. You're going to hear about the Atlanta Braves. But I guarantee you, you I mean, the, the Mets really improved their starting rotation this offseason. But I would put their Milwaukee Brewers starting rotation up against anybody's right now. When you talk about I would you know, I would too. Cy Young Award winner Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, who's damn good at himself. Got Freddie Peralta, who's your three-starter. Devin Williams in the bullpen. You got Willie Adamas. Now you have your catcher and or yeah. your DH. And I talked to uh, a former player, Paul Bird, yesterday about uh, Contreras, and he thinks he's a better defender than he's given credit for. So you have the pieces to compete, but you got to keep those pieces in Milwaukee. Now, Willie Adamas has two years of control left. He's, he's slated to get $11 million in arbitration this year, but he is going to demand more than that. And he right. should, because the market right now indicates he deserves it. Yeah, and he's a tremendous player. It's been a tremendous acquisition for Milwaukee. So, uh, by the way, Paul Bird, your, your guest, uh, i got to poach him from you. He's a great guest there. He is the answer to a bizarre trivia question, which is, who was the only pitcher to win a postseason game against the 2005 Chicago White Sox? And it was Paul I'm, Bird. I was going to say, I'm guessing it's Paul Bird. Well, because the White Sox were one of the few teams – one of two teams since the wild card era to go through the whole postseason losing only one game. Uh, the 99 Yankees and the 2005 White Sox each wow. lost only one game. The White Sox, the Yankees in 1999 lost one game. Roger Clemens started that game. Uh, it was against Pedro Martinez. That's when Pedro Martinez was a, from a different planet. Yeah. But the uh, the Paul Bird pitched for the Angels in 2005, yep. and um, the Angels won Game One of that ALCS against Chicago, and then looked like they were going to extra innings when there was the whole AJ Przinsky shenanigans uh, <laughs> at, when 
just you know, just toss the first, just toss the first. That would have ended all controversy. Yeah, would have been done. Would have been done, and probably the Angels may win that game in extra innings. And it's a very different postseason. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Look at I think you. I also think the Brewers are going to be in a nice position. You know, you always see around February or March there are a bunch of players who probably have one or two years left in the tank floating around who have been either non-tendered or haven't worked out a deal yet and would like to sort of prove to the world they still got it. I think that you should, there could be a couple of reclamation bats or a couple of uh, platoon situations where you don't have to pay the quarter of a billion dollars to get major league production. That's where the Brewers, I think, are in a good position in that they have the pitching, you know, and you just hope and pray and go light candles and do your rosaries, hoping that you're probably not going to get MVP Christian Yelich again. But hopefully if you get pretty good Christian Yelich again, mm-hmm. that's like mm-hmm. making a trade right there. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. And you look at, I, I kind of mentioned that a little bit uh, throughout the course of the last few weeks is third base seems to be the one other big question mark. And look, I advocated for Justin Turner. I know he's 38 years old. I know he signed a two-year, $22 million deal. I would have been willing to look at that because right now there is no future at third base in Milwaukee within within their current roster and their uh, down in the farm system. So, yeah, absolutely. Evan Longoria is another name that I like throwing out there. Obviously, the the, the big name that people want is, is Brandon Drury in Milwaukee. I get it told to me probably every single show that I do that that's who Milwaukee uh, or who the fans want in Milwaukee. But I think that's kind of how the Brewers have – operated Sully and you look at right now and I it shouldn't be shocking I guess but they're the Milwaukee Brewers right now are currently one of only two teams in the entire major league baseball that have not spent a dollar in free agency now I don't know I don't think that's changed for Miami I haven't seen the latest news in the last few hours but I you're the one of only two teams who not spend a dollar in free agency keep in mind the Brewers were in the top half of major league baseball in ticket sales and merchandise last year. It's a fan base that is continuously going to the games, buying the merchandise, supporting the team. I think at some point you got to look at this. And then if I'm an owner, and of course it's easy for me because it's not my money. I have a team right here that is ready right now to compete. Right. And you don't need to go out and spend, like you said, you don't need to go out and spend, you know, tons and tons of money. You got to shore up some pieces, right? You need a, you need another close. You, you possibly need another closer. Can Devin Williams close? He struggled after the Josh Hader trade. Now, was that mental? probably a little bit, right? That was a close friend of his. It, you know, they worked together. Obviously, maybe it had a little effect on him, but you're unsure there, right? You're unsure yeah. at third base. You know, you you uh, you got a lot of these Bryce Terrain, Joey Weimer, Sal Freilich. We don't know what we're getting out of these guys. They're coming up. They're on the 40-man roster right now, but we don't know what we got. them. They tore up AAA, sure, but you know just as well as I know and just as well as all your listeners know, that doesn't always translate to major league uh, production. Well, look at if they're able to Voltron a couple of pieces together and, you know, platoon here or a reclamation project there and they can keep their pitching as good as it has been, then it's a surefire bet that the Brewers are going to have yet another winning season. And if you're making any bets, do what you should do. You should head on down to bet online, which remains your number one source for all your online betting needs. Find your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis at betonline.net. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football and college bowl season, basketball, both pro and college. You got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting information. 
So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. It's where the game starts. Hey, quick question. We're here with Brandon Snide, the brand spanking new host of Locked On Brewers. Tell us a little bit about your Brewer fandom. Who was your guy growing up? And uh, I think I'm a little bit older than you because I have vivid memories of the 82 season. But what were some <laughs> of the uh, the players uh, other than CC Sabathia that you grew up loving that people think about as a Milwaukee Brewer? So, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I grew up a Brewers fan. I grew up, I'm, I'm born and raised here in Milwaukee. I left for a period of about 12 years. I was in, I was in the army. I enrolled in the, or enrolled. I enlisted in the army, I guess enrolled. I guess it's the same thing. Uh, okay, I'll take either one. That's more. Yeah. Than I, I mean, I guess, a, I guess and, it and works. That, and, and thank you very much for your service. Oh yeah. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah. So it's been a staple of my life, man. I'll tell you, I can remember did early you, childhood memories. Did you serve in the middle East? I did. Yeah. I was deployed in Iraq and Afghanistan. Oh my goodness. Wow. I used to watch Brewer games, Sully at like three in the morning. I wouldn't miss wow. it. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. That's yeah, I used to have my mom would record it. This was back before like smartphones recorded on a camera and send it to me. Yeah, I, we had uh we have great memories with the brewers. That's it's it's my it was my first love. My dad actually is like real quick, I'll get to what your question is. My dad actually almost made the brewers in 1980, I want to say it was 86. They had open tryouts back then, and you could go to County Stadium at the time. And he played with uh Robin Yount, Paul Molitor, and he was he made the final list. He didn't make the roster, obviously, but he was close. Um, so basically is, is your dad billy joe robido is that who your dad is <laughs> no Remember no no name? no <laughs> uh so it's baseball is just always it's always been around my you know growing up and so the brewers have always obviously been a part of that uh jeremy burnett's i'm sure you remember oh yeah jeremy yeah. burnett's bj surhoff because my initials are bj uh so he was a i was a fan of his ryan braun jeff, is probably jeff cirillo was jeff cirillo i yeah. actually have a story about jeff cirillo I had a feeling Real quick. So, <laughs> so I'm sitting on the third base side. Me and my aunt go to this game. That I think it was at American Family. Well, then now Miller Park or then Miller Park. And he hit. This is before the net goes all the way to like corner to corner. Mm-hmm. He hits a ground ball, hits me in the stomach. The ball falls on the on the you know pavement or whatever. Somebody else behind me picks it up. I was like 12 years old. They wouldn't give me the ball back. So Jeff Cirillo hit me with a foul ball. So if Jeff Cirillo's out there. You know, I want another baseball, <laughs> another opportunity uh, well, to get that back. Okay, that's it. That's it, folks. We got to make it our mission here. <laughs> we got to get, we got to get uh, Cirillo on Locked On Brewers. <laughs> got to have it. Got to have yeah. it. <laughs> so the big, the big one though, the big, big one, and this is going to make you. I don't know if this how this is going to make you feel, but Ryan Braun right. was like the big, big one for me. So growing yeah. up, this was right at. This was I was just getting ready to finish up high school. And I remember seeing this, you know, I don't want to call him arrogant or cocky, but he was at Miami. He was, absolutely. Yeah, he, he was. And and as a kid, you're like, yeah, I like that, man. I want that. That's my guy. So throughout his minor league career is the one guy I followed. The one guy I absolutely loved. I wanted to be like. I wore the number eight in high school. He was my guy. And he still is to this day. He's one of my favorite players, uh, professional players in any sport. So Ryan Braun was there. Jeff Cirillo, Jeremy Burnitz. Um Je- uh, Jeff Jenkins was another one, the outfielder for the Milwaukee Brewers. Yep, you know, those er- those those mid-90 Brewers, those sell- yeah. is hard, man. It was hard. <laughs> Early 2000s, yeah. it was hard. It didn't get good, really, until the fielder, uh, fielder J.J. Hardy and uh, Ryan Braun. When they started coming up through the right. minor leagues, then you could feel a, a little bit of a, uh, a change throughout the organization and certainly throughout the fan base. 
You got the Niger Morgan hit to clinch the oh, division man. series in 2011. 2011, they, yep. They had home field advantage in the NLCS against the Cardinals. Um, again, the world yep. championship has to go through Milwaukee. But that was a <laughs> that year. It doesn't fail. <laughs> the Cardinals only made the postseason because the Braves collapsed. And they beat one of the best regular season teams I ever saw in the 2011 Philadelphia Phillies. And so I gave the Cardinals no credit. And I was like, oh, man, the Brewers. The Brewers are going to get to the World Series. And uh, they got to game six, but they couldn't couldn't make it stick. But, wow, man, lots of lots of great memories. My, my, my cousin Dave, who's a rabid Met fan, but he went to college in Marquette. And okay. he was there in 82. Okay. For Yount. Cecil Cooper, Molador, Storm and Gorman, Thomas, Jim Gantner. Such a um, good team, though, man. Oh, Holy up cow. And, down. and the injury to Raleigh Fingers probably cost him the World Series. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, because the, I think they, I think most people would agree with that. Their bullpen blew at least I, the bullpen blew game either three or four to St. Louis. And, uh, you know, they it was game seven was back and forth. Uh, I'll just tell, I'll tell you this. I don't know why I'm telling this story, but my family um, lived in Europe for a couple of years when I was about eight, uh, eight, nine, and 10 years old. And I just rabid out of my mind, baseball fan taken away from baseball. Uh, and my best buddy was another American. There was a lot of companies had offices in, in Switzerland and my father uh, worked there for a couple of years. And so um, and we would get like the scores like two days after they happened. <laughs> Uh, this is way pre-internet. And so my best buddy was another um, uh, American who was living there, uh, whose father worked at Caterpillar. And um, he was a huge, PJ was a huge, huge Brewers fan, loved Cecil Cooper, loved, you know, Yount, loved, you know, uh, Ted Simmons, all of them. And so um, and everyone in Europe at that time, everyone, the Americans there had VHSs. We were all early in on VHSs because people sent tapes from America so we could watch American television. Um, and so I told PJ, if the Brewers make the playoffs, I'll send them tapes of the games. <laughs> and I don't know if you know, but the, the 82 division went down to the final day yep. between Baltimore and Milwaukee. Yep. And Milwaukee winds up clinching on the final day of the season. And they went to play one of the most star-studded teams I ever saw in my life, which was the 1982 California Angels. Mm-hmm. And I was like, PJ, I hope you're happy you're making the playoffs because <laughs> they had Fred Lynn. That's where it's Reggie going. Reggie <laughs> Jackson, uh, Rod Carew, uh, Doug DeSensei, um, Oh, there's a, there's another huge one in it. Bobby Gritch, Don Baylor. They had Tommy John pitching for them. It was like, I remember, you know, it was like unbelievable. They beat, they were down 2 0 to them in a best of five series and they won yep. the last three games. Yep. And then they wound up playing the Cardinals. And it should have been Bruce Souter versus Raleigh Fingers in the World Series, but they, they had to use Pete Ladd. And um, alas, uh, the Cardinals uh, took the lead. But I just, you know, I'll. Um, closest we've ever been to a World Series. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, maybe uh, the closest we'll ever get to a World Series. I, I rewatched that game five, the one where Cecil Cooper got sure. the game winning hit to win the win the pennant. 
and I, I rewatched that uh, on we go on YouTube. They have old old games there, and they were introducing the lineup. You know, Doug Desensa is Bobby Grich, Reggie Jackson, Fred Lynn, Don Baylor, Rod Carew, and I'm just sitting there going like, how the hell <laughs> did this team lose? And then they cut to the dugout. And there was Gene Mock. And here's the thing about Gene Mock. Gene Mock could make any great team good. Mm -hmm. You give him a great team and they'll have a good year. Oh, yeah. And you look at the guy won more games as a manager than anyone who never won a pennant. And yet kicked away at least three pennants that were sitting there on a silver platter. And each time you could find moments of, Gene, what in the name of Yahweh are you doing right now? <laughs> and uh, Brewers fans, be happy that Johnny Mack or Jim Fregosi or none of them were none of them were managing the Angels in 1982. You've got that World Series. Things could You've be different. We'll play. take we'll take that. Yeah, we'll take that. Hopefully, we can we can find some uh, we can even it up here a little bit here going into to 2023 but i don't know it's not looking great right now the division's really tough tough too here and yeah. for milwaukee it the is. nl central it is but you know what you got the, you, you did the hard part you developed the pitching staff well that's Just, the other thing we didn't even we didn't even really talk about it it's my fault for not bringing it up when when are they going to pay corbin burns and what the heck is he going to cost and are you going you, to pay him that's why you guys will do it now that's why you got that's do what it. i'm gotta, saying that's what that's, that's what, what i've been preaching <laughs> do you, you gotta do it you ever see the original Planet of the Apes? I know I'm getting oh, yeah. really, really old with my references here, but whatever. I do though. I grew. Yeah, my dad always the, had it on. I, I know exactly the, what you're talking about. The apes had those nets, and they caught Charlton Heston and all of them. That's got to <laughs> be the Brewers organization for unsigned hitters. Just sign them and invite them all to spring training. Say, hey, 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 do Operation 2013 Red Sox. We just get a bunch of guys who say, hey. You think you deserve a big contract? Show us. Go out there and win. Yeah. And trust me, if you win a World Series title in a city like Milwaukee, who has been thirsting since 1957 when the mm -hmm. Braves were there to win a World Series, uh, you're going to be loved till the heat death of the universe in Milwaukee. They love that 82 team that didn't even win it. I was gonna just I was just gonna bring that up. So they still celebrate that team. They still wear the pinstripe uniforms every Friday and Saturday night at home games. To honor them from to honor that team that didn't win a championship. You're you you're absolutely right because we've seen it here with the Milwaukee Bucks, the NBA team. They won a championship and the city just absolutely went nuts. There was three hundred thousand fans at the Deer District. Like you don't think that would show up for the Milwaukee Brewers? I think the Milwaukee Brewers are number two in this state. Let you know, I think the Bucks are below the Brewers as far as popularity. The Packers, it's kind of hard to take over, but like yeah, the Brewers, the Brewers are right there. And I think, I think it's a close number two as well uh, to the Green Bay Packers. It, it's a popular team everywhere you go. Well, look at, I want to thank Brandon Snide for joining the show and welcome you to the Locked On uh, Podcast Network family here. Uh, look out for those built bars. They're really cool. Uh, thanks for making Locked On MLB your first listen today. Your second listen, make that be Locked On Brewers. But your third listen, have that be Locked on Sports Today. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from the sports world in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else, local and national experts and insiders. I'm on there every once in a while. 
Locked On Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Speaking of that, Brandon Snide, tell people about where they can follow your show. Sure. Yeah. You can follow the Locked On Brewers podcast. We are on Facebook. We are at, at Locked On Brewers podcast. I created a Facebook page. I'm trying to get into the, the Facebook groups. I there, It's a dangerous world there, Sully. Those yeah, Facebook groups, they can be dangerous. Uh, so we're over there on Facebook. We're on Twitter at Locked On Brewers. And then also subscribe to the YouTube channel. I'm almost to a thousand subscribers. So I took over a couple of weeks ago. We've gone up about 200 subscribers. I'm just trying to keep going with that. So hopefully, if you guys are over there on YouTube, you're listening out to this awesome podcast. Check out me over there in Lockdown Brewers. Like I tell people, I'm just a fan with a mic in front of my face. So when I talk, you get exactly what maybe you're feeling, or maybe you're not what you're feeling. Uh, and it's some good, some good stuff over there. We have some good uh, back and forth with uh, some listeners. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun having you for this year. Follow us at Lockdown and Milby Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube where you can see my mug and what a mug it is. And speaking <laughs> of a mug, you put beer in mugs and brewers make that beer. I was trying to bring it back. I couldn't quite do it. It works. Talking Brew Crew with Brandon Snide of Lockdown Brewers. This has been the Lockdown MLB, Lockdown Brewers crossover. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.